0: Now, if you'll follow as I read from a book that we consider to be the the very mind of God as black words on a white page, I'm going to read to you beginning at verse 31 through the end of the chapter in John 10. They read like this, the Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the father for which of them are you going to stone me? The Jews answered him. If I am not doing the works of my Father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works, that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Again, they sought to arrest him, but he escaped from their hands. He went away again across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing at first, And there he remained, and many came to him, and they said, John did no sign, but everything that John said about this man was true, and many believed in him there. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God, this word I've just read you, this endures forever. Guys, I think it was about 15 years ago or so, the then president of Iran, Akhmud Aminajab, um, denied in public that the Holocaust had ever even happened. Now, what kind of historian would you call him? Um, and yet, there is no historian that I know of who has ever lived, who ever denied the existence of Jesus of Nazareth. In fact, um, the two greatest historians of the first century, Josephus, a Jewish historian, and Tacitus, a Roman historian, uh, Tacitus even said, uh, uh, described him being crucified under Pontius Pilate. And the reason that those two names are important is because um, they were first century historians, which means they lived real close to the events that they described. And then, of course, there's the Encyclopedia Britannica, that doesn't exist anymore, but we used to use it, didn't we? When we'd go to the library to make our pa- or to uh, write our papers, we'd study in the encyclopedias. Well, those don't. Who needs that when you got Siri? Um, and and yet, even in Encyclopaedia Britannica, there's an article about Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. Now, gang, I, I say all of that to say this: the question. Concerning Jesus is not, is he? The question is, who is he? Um, For the vast majority of planet Earth, Jesus is, in the words of C.S. Lewis, he is a good moral teacher. And as long as you hold to just that, people will nod approvingly in your direction. But if you go further than Jesus being a good moral teacher, if you go further than that, like you find here in John 10, then you can expect some rocks to be thrown. Folks, did you notice in verse 31, many of the Jews, therefore, who had, excuse me, wrong chapter. Um, Verse 31, the Jews picked up stones again. Oh, this wasn't the first time that they were going to stone him. This wasn't the first time that they were going to kill him. Eventually they did, but this wasn't the first time. It all started back in John 5. Um, They were going to kill him then. And then in John 8, they were going to kill him then. And now here. So they picked up those rocks again to stone him. And on all three of those occasions, folks, all three of those events, the issue was the same. The issue wasn't, are you? The issue was, who are you? The issue in all three instances of their wanting to kill him had to do with his claim. His claim to deity. Um, The issue was his claim to be equal with God. Folks, this audience described here in John 10, they didn't miss his meaning. They, They didn't believe his claim, but they knew what he was claiming, and they even name it. They call it blasphemy. This modern assertion, that Jesus never claimed to be be God? Folks, that's preposterous. On three different occasions in the Gospel of John alone, he is being attacked and threatened with death because of that very claim, that claim that he was God. Three times they sought to kill him, and each time was for the same issue, that issue being you, being a man, claim to be God. And that's blasphemy, and we're gonna kill you for that. Now, on none of those three attempts did they succeed, because, as the scripture says, his hour had not yet come. But there was one commentator that I read that made this note, which I thought was oh so interesting. Gang, he, he draws attention to verse 23 in John 10. Uh, It says, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. Now, this whole thing took place right there in this colonnade. A colonnade, um, if you've ever been to the uh, Holy Land, you've seen colonnades. They're just rows of columns with a covered walkway. Uh, It's one of the elegant and and ornate uh, halls included in the temple grounds. Now, here was the observation that he made. If you are in the Solomon's colonnade, there would never have been rocks there in the colonnade, at least large enough ones to be lethal. Which means they had to bring those rocks with them. Somebody called a meeting. And said, hey, hey guys, we've tried in John 5, we've tried in John 8. We, we, we didn't succeed, but we're going to get him now. So call your friends and tell us, tell them to meet us at Solomon's colonnade. And tell them to bring a rock. And so as they enter into this dialogue in John 10, they're in their pockets. Is a rock, which demonstrate, which proves that they understood his claim. Of course, they didn't believe the claim, but they understood that you are calling yourself God. And because you do, on my way out of the house today, I stuck a rock in my pocket. Because we're gonna put an end to this. But unlike the occasion in John 8, where Jesus just kind of ducks into the shadows, on this occasion, he stays around to confront his opponents. He enters into a dialogue with them. And in a lot of ways, what he does here is very similar, I think, to what you find um, in that story of Elijah on Mount Carmel. Do you remember that? Let, Let me tell you what I mean. When, when Elijah was pitted against those 450 prophets of Baal on, on Mount Carmel, um, he designs a contest, a contest to prove who is the real God. Remember that? Now, before that contest begins, he says to his audience, Now, folks, listen to me. If I lose this contest then don't serve Yahweh, serve Baal. Stop halting between the two opinions. But if I lose this contest, if the evidence is such that I do not back up what I say, then don't believe in Yahweh. Believe in Baal. Now, folks, I'm suggesting that that's what Jesus is doing in verse 37. He says, if I am not doing the works of my father, then don't believe me. If, If the evidence is not supportive to my claim, then don't believe what I'm saying. He does not expect his audience to embrace him on the basis of his claim alone. Jesus is ready to stand or fall Based on the evidence, he is is ready to stand or fall based on the works that they had seen him do. Works which they already knew about. If the evidence is insufficient, says Jesus in verse 37, then reject me. Go serve bail. But there was plenty of evidence. And the evidence they knew. But ladies and gentlemen, the evidence is not the issue. Just as I said last week, unbelief never has enough evidence. Evidence, what evidence? Well, Jesus points to his works. If my works do not substantiate my claim, then for heaven's sakes, reject me. So what works does he have? Well, guys, we don't have time to go through all of those. But they include things like... um, healing a leper Um, if they didn't see it they certainly heard about it it includes things like giving sight to the blind again i might not have been there when he did it but i my friend was or um he enabled the lame to walk And on three separate occasions, ladies and gentlemen, he raised the dead. And so Jesus is saying, if those works support my claim, then you must yield. But... 21st century modern man says, Oh, but Dr. Young, you don't understand. <laughs> yes, all of those works, those so- so-called works, um, those are found in the New Testament. And I don't accept the New Testament as being true. Okay. But let me just point out this. This audience, I hope you will notice. No one in this audience denied that those things happened. There's no rebuttal. They don't need to argue over whether or not he did those things. Because you see, they knew about those things long before this meeting. But it didn't stop them from putting a rock in their pockets. Folks, in so many ways, that is descriptive of our culture in the 21st century. Because this culture says, I do not care about the evidence. All I know is in the face of whatever evidence you might offer me, here's what I want. I want to run my own life. I don't want him running it. I don't want you running it. I don't want anybody but me running running my life. And so he is in my way. So I'm going to have to get rid of him somehow. To heck with the evidence. I don't need to look at it. Because my mind is already made up. And in an open denial of facts, people put a rock in their pocket. Because, ladies and gentlemen, the issue is not intellectual, the issue is moral. I want what I want when I want it. And if anyone stands in the way of that, I have a rock in my pocket for them. So hand me another rock. And my friend, if you were here today and you have done that, You can justify just about anything you're doing. These people have justified murder, which is what they were about to do. is what they planned to do. In our day, you can look at the facts and you can still say, in spite of all of the evidence that's staring right at me, that man is a woman and that woman is a man. How do you do that, ladies and gentlemen? It's not based on an intellectual argument. It's based on a moral one. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And so hand me another rock people today who have a great offense against Christ tell me why tell me what your your reasoned intelligent rational argument is you don't have one do you You have been hearing things about Jesus Christ for most of your life. But it's never been enough. And you know why, don't you? It's not because the evidence has not been available to you, it's because you want to stay in the center of your universe. And if anyone gets in my way of that, I'm going to stone him. Guys, what I want to suggest is that what you see in this paragraph is the hardness of the unbelieving heart People who have made up their minds in spite of the evidence. People who have determined what they're going to do before they ever even consider the claims. People who are hardened in their pursuit of sin because they love sin. And if there are those who want to stop me in my pursuit, I'll just have to stone them. You know, gang, it's, it's interesting to me <laughs> that even if Jesus is the one carrying on this argument and conversation, even he doesn't succeed in reasoning anyone with the kingdom because the issue is not intellectual. Intellectual. It's not because you want to be on the right side of history or the wrong side. No, ladies and gentlemen, strip it away and let's talk really. The issue is not the evidence. In the case of some, they haven't even looked at the evidence. The issue is, I must maintain human supremacy. And I am not going to allow anyone to move me off that spot. Not even in the face of evidences. Because, guys, the real issue has to do with the heart that is, the heart of unbelief is a rock. That's the real rock. And until that heart gets changed or exchanged for a heart of flesh, I can show you evidences for the rest of your life, and they will never change you. What is needed is the new heart of regeneration, which you see over here in these people in verse 32. And did you notice how these people came to their position of belief? It was through a faithful preacher who said true things about Jesus and never exercised a miracle, not one. And yet through the faithful proclamation and pointing of people to Jesus, apart from miracles, many believed in Him. Now, one final thought and I'm done. Did you you notice when I read the text um, how many times Jesus talks about works? Uh, Verse 32, how many good works? Um, Verse 33, good work. Um, It's mentioned about four or five times, the good works. And people today are quite impressed and even preoccupied with works unfortunately they are impressed with the wrong ones they're impressed with their own works why uh, Dr. Young I mean you may not know it but you know I give to the United Way and I, I give to my church I give money to my church too and I'm so glad you do But Dr. Young, you might not know this either, but I, I teach Sunday school. I've taught for years. I'm glad. I hope you'll continue to do that. But none of that impresses heaven. Oh, but Dr. Young, you, you, you must not, you must not. You know, I, I sit on the board of a benevolent agency and we 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 really try to, you know, do some good things. Good. Hope you'll continue to do that. But do you understand that the Scriptures calls all of those works? Do you know what it calls them? It calls them filthy rags. Ladies and gentlemen, there is only one set of works that impresses heaven. Jesus is the only thing that pleases the Father is the work of His Son. And the only way that you will be put right in the presence of God is to be related to that Son by faith. Are you, or are you oh so impressed with all of the good things that you have wrought Be done with them. And lay claim to the finished work of Jesus Christ on your behalf. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, um, would you remind us that uh, though sin is so attractive, it can do nothing but spoil and rot and ruin. And though there is so much in me that wants to chase after those temptations, they will do nothing but ruin me. So I pray, O God, that You will show us that only in Christ Jesus is there safety. Only in Christ Jesus is there a place where sin and all of its ugliness is paid for and that You will grant that thing that is so necessary to see Jesus in all of His beauty. Would You grant that new heart, O oh God? Do that thing that only You can do. Would You exchange the heart of rock or a heart of flesh and then we will see our sin and our need for this savior so do it O oh god do that for your own glory's sake and we ask it of course in jesus name amen